UGC is one of the most powerful marketing forms I've ever come across. And I've had a lot of years of practicing and, and kind of delving into a ton of different things. UGC though is, is amazing. <laughs> it's hard to explain mostly because to the layman person, it looks so natural. It's just somebody on camera, but there is no better way to help a human understand and realize for themselves what a product will do without seeing it on somebody else's face. So yeah, use it. If you haven't tried it, use it. UGC is so, so big for sure. Episode 26, people. I can't believe we've made it this far and we have a special one for you coming straight from Fort Collins, Colorado. Sarah Levenger, the queen of the DTC, the freelance creative. How are you, Sarah? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, I'm fantastic. I'm home in Austin. I'm starting to get a little bit in my routines. We've got the South by, the city's vibing. Life is good. Life is good. That sounds fantastic. I kind of wish we were in Austin because the weather in Colorado changes so quickly. Last week, we were like freezing snow everywhere. This week, it's 65. People are in shorts outside. It's that's Colorado for you. It just changes constantly. <laughs> I, I got to tell you though, it's one of my favorite states. How, how have you? Are you born and bred there, or how long have you been out there? My husband says that I cannot call myself a native because I wasn't okay. born here. <laughs> I was okay. born in actually Huntsville, Alabama, but I've been here since I was six, six or seven. Okay, so I'm long enough, like a native. I mean, that's a native. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's been a native. For a I think. I think Texas, the requirements are. Uh, 10 years, um, some shit kickers and a gun, and then you're officially a Texan. <laughs> then you're actually a Texan. You guys have like yeah. a legit criteria for it though. In Colorado, it's just, you're either born here or you can't stay here. So Ooh, brutal, how it goes. Brutal. We're, we're you guys have that Colorado. cool little, that little triangle is pretty dope though with, uh, you guys at Fort Collins, um, Denver, um, geez, I'm blanking Boulder, that kind Boulder. of little cool little triangle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, it's just cool. It's beautiful out there. I, I, yeah. Again, I love it. Um, what made you come from, uh, the South? Uh, well, I mean, my family just moved here. Yeah. Cause I was six, so I didn't really have a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my, my parents came out here when I was younger, just because of my dad's job. And from there, we just never left. And really we've been, we've been sticking pretty close. My husband actually has in-laws live right next door to us. Oh, wow. So he didn't go far. They purchased a house 35 years ago and he born, raised, grew up all in the same house. They still live there. And then obviously we went super far. We went right next door. <laughs> so clearly we're, we're like Fort Collins forever. Cause yeah, we didn't, it's hard to leave this town. Once you get in here, it's really hard to leave. <laughs> I love it. Well, it takes a village too, right? Cause you got two oh, little yeah. ones. So oh, that, yeah. that, yeah. that is probably pretty helpful to have the, the extra hands around as you were raising the kiddos. Yeah. hundred percent. Especially right now with everything that happened with COVID and being in quarantine, oh it was like life saving to have grandparents next door. Cause they were just like a part of our bubble. So they could yep. at least go to grandma's house every day and we could get some like rest and breaks and yeah. Oh, it was so necessary. It's, it's just helpful in general to have people around. Like I, I just, to the mamas who do it all themselves, I'm like, how, how you guys are so much stronger than I am. I just like, it, it's intense parenting right now in the world. So yeah, grandparents, uh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> Shout out grandparents. Let's go. Um, So take me a little bit about, or like, how did you get into DTC? How did you get into the creative space? You have kind of a very unique journey. So kind of colored in for the listeners. Yeah. So I actually started uh, my freelance journey when I was pretty young, like way before it was actually cool to be an entrepreneur. Um, (laughs) I tried to go to college and it just did not work for me. I I enjoyed the classes, but it just moved too slow. I'm I'm a fast paced person, really fast paced learner. 
So when I got into college, I started doing classes specifically for graphic design. And I had a professor that said, you don't really need a college degree to be a graphic designer. <laughs> if you have some talent in it and if you have a lot of good drive and dedication to it, you can basically just go get clients and you won't have to get a full degree. So that's what I did. I just went and I actually got an internship right out of like my, I think it was my sophomore year in college. Um, and the only reason they hired me was because I dressed up for the interview, which is kind of funny. <laughs> it was like, Pro was tip, it kids. because I was a good designer, that's fine. I'll dress up for every interview. <laughs> so they hired me and it was a giant, huge, huge company. They made water testing instruments. And so my job was basically brand strategy. I had to make sure that everything that went out the door said the correct message that they wanted to push forward to, to their audience. So a large portion of what I was doing for them was just graphic design straight and, you know, cut and dried graphic design. But a huge part of it was just making sure that everything looked the same basically. So it was a yeah. really good lesson in learning brand from the beginning. From there, I worked just about two summers for them. And then they decided to cut my position, which kind of sucked because I really loved it. But they, the, uh, the creative director at the time came to me and said, you don't really need to work as an employee. You could just go start your own business and then you can come back and we'll just hire you as a contractor. And at the time I was 22. So I was like, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, okay, I'll give it a valiant effort. I'll try my hardest to create, how do you create a business? I don't know. So the, back at that time, there was no, like legal zoom was just starting to get yeah, popular. Yeah. So I just went online and was like, how do you create a business? And then from there, it just like exploded for the next 10 years straight. I worked in everything. I, I mean, I did all kinds of email marketing and I did WordPress websites for a while and I did wireframing yeah. and I did lots and lots of things like I did SMS. I, I did all kinds of stuff. I even ran a whole bunch of my own little businesses. So I had an Etsy shop and I did Amazon I FBA yeah. and I yeah. did just all kinds of crazy stuff. So it was really fun, but man, it taught me a lot about freelancing in particular for one is, is a tough industry. It's really interesting to get into. You got to be very organized, um, to be a freelancer. But then it also taught me a lot about marketing using different channels because I did a ton of different stuff. So I kind of segued into social media, um, kind of mid twenties and I was doing social media management for a long time. So lots of Pinterest, lots of blogs, lots of SEO content. From there, I kind of just stumbled into managing Facebook ad accounts for uh, specifically lead gen, um, primarily in Jackson Hole area. There was a lot of mm -hmm. hotels up there that needed people to just bring in customers, basically, uh, specifically for their like large group sales. So I started running the ad accounts for that. And over the course of the last like two or three years, I just sort of accidentally segued into e-com. And from there, it was like, I am hooked. As soon as I got in the e-com, I was like, this is where I want to be. Because <laughs> this is the fastest paced industry I think I've ever stepped foot into. And I have just been going hard ever since. It's so fun. It's like the most fun I've ever had marketing anything is in DTC. So that's kind of the background. It's real weird. <laughs> real weird oh, path I love to get here. Oh, I love weird journeys. And I <laughs> always find, too, that the... The weirder the journey, if you make it out, is the stronger the person where you, yeah. you get to experience all these other things. And one, for me, it eliminates the FOMO where um, you can always yeah. have this weird, like grass is always greener kind of view where it's like, dude, it ain't. Yes. <laughs> I've been there. It ain't. <laughs> like, like, move freelancing on. is hard, hard yeah. to work with some tough clients and some fantastic clients. And then, yeah, the whole thing is you. You are the bookkeeper and the accountant and the marketer, and you're doing the work and you're doing say. I mean, you're doing all of it, all of it at one time. So, 
yeah, it's been a good journey. I love it. I, I would never leave freelancing to go to a real job. I don't think, I don't know. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't decided on that one yet, but for the most part, it's, it's been fun. I've enjoyed it. That is, that's really cool. And I think freelancing, I mean, it is a feature and a bug, but being able to, uh, work with the different clients and then especially in, in DTC, it's really nice because it's really cut and dry. Um, I've, I've come yeah. from some lead gen, some app install stuff and like, just, it just gets into complex businesses and like how in a show your efficacy and like, yeah. it's just hard where it's like, DTC is like, did we make more money today or not? Yeah, we did. Good job, <laughs> exactly. Sarah. You know what I mean? Or I know. I'm like, do better, Sarah. Like it's it's exactly. It's just much easier to have that clean line into that. Um, when you were doing all this stuff, so I, I, it sounds like you leveraged the the Googs pretty heavily. But were there any like resources or frameworks or like how how did you go from basically you know being let go and then spinning up your shop that's still vibrant today? Oddly enough, I am a, a huge learner, even though I started out not loving like the college route. <laughs> so the majority of what I learned was all through Google, but a ton of it's through the library, oddly enough. Um, I use my library card library. way more than I probably should. Oh, um, awesome. Books on books on books. And, and it's really interesting because I I found a very small subsection of people who actually go to the library and yeah. like read large scale books. But I, I, I don't know. I can synthesize information much better if it's in a bulk form. I find okay. the internet to be too truncated. Like it's just yeah. chopped, so much chopped information. And it's very difficult to get like a good grasp on things unless you're reading like a textbook, <laughs> which sounds The boring. irony. But it's, <laughs> exactly. it's just the yeah. funny where like <laughs> academia wasn't for me, but yet you went to the library to find the yeah. academic books, which I, is I feel amazing. Like, yeah. I'm like a self-motivated person though. I just, I, I would much rather give me the book and I'll read it in the three days and then I'll tell you everything you need to know. So that was a huge portion of where I started learning. But another one was my, my in-laws actually owned a boutique hotel in Fort Collins called the Armstrong hotel. They don't own it anymore. They actually sold it about five years ago, but they owned it for 13 years. So it was like, they, it was a family business. They, they went hard at it and all of us worked there. My husband, his two brothers, I worked there, like the whole family worked there at one time. And I learned a ton from them that they're the type of people that are just like everything they touch is entrepreneurship gold. They just, yeah. I can't even, there's some people that just are like that. Everything you do 100%. is amazing. So they had this business for a long time and they hired me on to do marketing, directing marketing, like sort of doing the like directing of marketing <laughs> sure, and their sure. social media management. And they had a very different way of looking at, uh, inbound and outbound customer like acquiring. They, their entire business was based off of what is the basic things you need and how can we make those basic things better? And so I took that marketing framework and just applied it to everything, like anything I could put it into, I did. And it worked, it worked extremely well. And it's interesting because I didn't know at the time, but what they were doing was using some very base level psychological needs and applying it to every experience in the entire hotel um, and they, they did so, so well. I mean, their, their, their rates for, for occupancy were upwards of like 96, 97%, which is pretty Ooh. unheard of for hotels, yeah. especially boutique hotels. It's hard to book sometimes yeah. in those towns. They were lucky enough. They were in Fort Collins. <laughs> so that helped them a lot. Cause this town is pretty popular, uh, tourist yeah, destination, yeah, yeah. but yeah. So, so the library and my oh, in-laws cool. really, their business helped a lot. Well, that, that is the most unique answer. I, I love that. And yeah, I have a, a soft spot for libraries as well. So my dad actually, uh, 
didn't know any English when he came over here. He's from Algeria. And so he came over around 18, 19 and basically just taught himself English uh, and by going to the library. And I'm going to date myself because I'm old. I'm 36 (laughs) going on 37, but I still remember going to the library and they'd have these newspapers on these big wooden sticks. The kids will never know these days, but yeah, yeah, you know, it's up. Uh, And I just remember, and it was just just so like perplexing to me, like, why are there these sticks? So so they don't steal them, son. It was, yeah, it was, it was incredible. But uh, yeah, I, I hate taxes, but I don't mind my taxes going. We have actually a beautiful in Austin, uh, the central library just got built two or three years ago and it's, oh. it's absolutely magnificent. I, I have a I'm soft a spot for, for libraries. Yeah. Yeah. Dope, dope, uh, central libraries mm-hmm. or well-done libraries is something. Um, and I, I take your point too. I think there is a little bit of, um, um, not clickbaity, but I think truncated is a good is a good descriptor of. Uh, sometimes you know, if you do want to get all of the the info, it can be um, a little more challenging um, sometimes versus um, somebody that just put a treatise in their book and it's like, yeah. okay, cool, you can read it from cover to cover and stuff yeah. like that. But mm-hmm. um, you also said something really interesting too: is um, you're self motivated where. Uh, I know a lot of talented people that are not and freelance ain't for you, baby. If you can't be your own boss, oh my goodness, that ain't the path. (laughs) You will shrivel on the vine very quickly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, (laughs) Speaking of that, what advice would you give to aspiring freelancers that you wish you had? Oh, I just, I just saw this actually on Twitter the other day. And the advice that I would give is understand that the path that you think you're going to take is not the path that you're going to take. Because the majority of people give advice on just keep going or find a good mentor, yada, yada. But I want everybody to know if you're going into freelance, understand that you're going to fall into things that fit you better than what you think will fit you, if that makes sense. Because I I thought for sure that I was like built for logos. I just wanted to design logos all day long because I love them. And what I actually ended up falling into was you know, running ads, UGC creative for DTC brands. And I love it way more than I ever loved doing any sort of graphic design work. So yeah, the journey you're going to take is not what you think it's going to be, but it will be better in the end. It's going to be phenomenal no matter what happens. So. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Jobs has a great, Steve Jobs has a great line. You can't connect the dots. Um, forward only backward. I, yes. I think you're absolutely 100%, right. Yeah. Um, especially too, as you're younger, I think the the path you took of experiencing all these different business models, and um, I think I think that's really helpful for people, uh, especially if you you can you know take it economically because you're going to come out with yeah. such a robust understanding of like there's a expression the map's not the territory and so people will tell you like oh this that the other and then you like experience it's like there's theory land and then there's actual what the world's like and very often they are so far apart and so understanding that is uh it's beautiful i love how you put that uh okay two more questions and then we'll wrap up the first segment um how do you balance being a mom and a freelancer oh (laughs) i um, my gut reaction is to say, I don't, <laughs> um, <laughs> let me get a better reaction. Um, yeah, this one's a tough one. And, and I've, I've found this with a lot of moms who are, especially in the direct to consumer space, anybody in e-com who is a mom struggles heavily because this is one of the only industries I have seen that is 24 seven, 365 days a year. There's no breaks. There's no holidays it's forever. And in fact, it gets worse at the holidays. So like, get ready. I think you have to create a lot of structured time blocks in your day. That's the only way I've been able to manage it so far. 
especially if you don't have any sort of childcare assistance help, you're going to have to set down times where you do the same thing every time at the same time of the day. Um, so for me, I always get up at 6am it's early and I hate it, but I always work out for an hour, no matter what, cause it will not get it. done for the rest of the day. Yeah. And then I'll get the kids up, get them ready for school, get them out the door, come home. Then I'll usually run through emails for 30 minutes and you know, so on and so forth. But it's the same every day, even yeah. on the weekends, no matter what, I just continue to keep doing it. Cause anytime I get off, yeah. Anytime I get off balance, I, I fall hard and then it takes a week to get back on. And it's just, by that time I have clients who are like, where's my stuff? Like, I need you to get this to me. Why are you late? Like, yeah, it's, it's structure. It's all about creating some sort of calendar structure for yourself. Ooh, I love that. Um, I'm a big time blocker myself and there's a great mm -hmm. app called AccuFlow that anytime I star something in my Gmail, bookmark something in um, Slack or have a task assigned to me in Asana, that's kind of our tech stack here at Triple, um, it goes into this little app and then I can then drag it into yeah. my calendar because I've found the same thing. Like I die in a vacuum. Like if you, yeah. if you tell me like, yeah. oh, what are you going to do today? Oh, I'm just going to figure it out. Like I, I will literally <laughs> just waste my day. I, I, I just die in a vacuum. And so I, I my day is literally from when I get up to when I go to sleep. Like mm -hmm. I even, you know, um, this sounds very cold, but I book time for with my significant other because if not, I'll just work and I need to yeah. make sure that I'm yeah. showing up in that relationship as well. Yeah. Um, I, I love that idea. I know some people aren't super on the structured train. I am three tickets with yes. you. I, I, it's, I, I, it's I, I, so I can't. necessary. I, so necessary for me. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, in a weird way, the structure gives me freedom. And that kind of sounds yes. like an oxymoron, Thank you. but like, yes. like it, it really helps when I don't have to make decisions. I just yeah. have to check boxes or complete tasks. Mm -hmm. I'm just, just a happier guy versus, I mean, again, going back to jobs, like he wore the same thing every day, not every day yeah, as a flex or anything like that, but it was just to remove the choice from his life. So yes. he can use that cognitive, um, firepower and other things that were more higher value tasks. Uh, I absolutely love that. Yeah. Okay. Sarah, last one for the main segment. What's the mm -hmm. nicest thing someone's done for you? <gasps> My gosh, there's so many nice people. This is going to be a hard one. Um, I think the nicest thing someone has ever done for me is ask me how I'm doing. Oh, yeah. Like I, I could, I could talk about like all the gifts and things people have given me, but it really, for me, it comes down to like, ask me how you're doing in a real sense. Not just like, how's yes. your day? You know, cause it's very yeah, different, yeah, yeah. but my husband in particular asked me very often, like, how are you today? Like checking in, what's your mental state? Like, and that it just helps a ton because some days I forget to think about myself, you know, because yep. I'm a mom yep. and I've got clients and I've got all these things to do. But yeah. So note to everybody, ask somebody how they're doing today <laughs> from a real in standpoint. A, how are yeah, you? In a sincere, actually yeah. want to hear from them. I love that. Mm -hmm. All mm -hmm. right. Shout out Sarah's husband. Hubby points here. Here we <laughs> go. One for the guys. I love it. Um, Okay, let's jump into the value add segment. This is why the people bought the ticket. We'll get kind of nerdy here. Um, what are the best parts and hardest parts of being a freelancer? Uh, best parts is you get to create your own schedule, which is obviously everybody talks about that. Best part for sure for me is the fact that I am in control of my destiny. I can make as much or as little money as I want. You know, yeah. any month if I need to take more time off, I can. I also get to choose who I work with, which is fantastic. Um, those two are very, very important to me because sometimes you'll meet somebody and you think they're a good fit and they just aren't. And you have the capacity to say, I'm a contractor, freelancer. It's kind of my prerogative and I get to choose who I do business with. Hardest parts. 
Um, we've talked about this a little bit, obviously, but like keeping yourself on track, always producing, always making sure you're delivering on what you're promising to deliver on Mm -hmm. is very hard (laughs) because it does take a lot of self-motivation, like I said. So if you're the type of person that's motivated, like from outside sources, it's going to be a little bit more difficult than if you're just motivated internally. One of the other things that's extremely hard about being a freelancer is it's very inconsistent. Even if you have consistent clients, sometimes they just don't have the work or for instance, like at the end of the year, as soon as we hit into black Friday, I am like 60, 70 hour work weeks, just constantly going, going, going. And then as soon as we hit January, unless you're in the health industry, you yeah, don't yeah. really have a whole lot going on. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. good and bad. That's, it balances out. Yeah. That's beautifully put. I'm glad you touched on the, the economics of it because um, I did a little bit of freelancing in my younger years and that was the biggest challenge because when I was younger, I really didn't have a, um, uh, let, let's just say nicely, a, a good grasp on solid economics for personal finances. And so <laughs> there would be um, these feast and famine periods, right? Where you're just yeah, like, everybody yeah. wants you. And then there's like two months of just like, how the hell am I going to pay for stuff? Like yeah. nobody needs work. Does anybody need work? Hello, pick me, pick <laughs> exactly. me. Um, yeah. So I think that's something is definitely really um, astute to bring up because it, it's a real thing. And um, it's kind of that feature in a bug, right? Where because you are kind of this really easy, amazing person to plug into the system, sometimes it can be, you know, um, the first to go. And so yeah, I think that's, exactly. that's a really great point. I love that. Um, speaking of really great point, I also love the point about um, saying no. And so this is obviously like, you know, you for me, that was one of the big inflection points is the ability to say no. And obviously you take work when you need it kind of thing. Like there's that, that is a privilege and a luxury to get to that point. But once you get to that point, it can be transformative. Um, what do you look for when you're evaluating a client as a good fit or maybe not, not the fit? Yeah. Well, for me, I think it's a little bit different than most people. Most people have kind of a checklist that they go down. How much, you know, how much money you're bringing in as a DTC brand? What kind of margins do you have on your product? Do you already have a good spend every month for Facebook ads? Um, I do check all of those things just to make sure that we're a good fit from a technical standpoint. But for me, it's it's more of a vibe. Like if we get on the phone and it's just like a little strange, (laughs) then usually I, I, I have enough, um, yeah, I have enough bandwidth to be like, let, let's give it a few days and I'll get back to you. And usually I send my portfolio just so they can look at it. But for the most part, within those two days, I can tell from a gut feeling like I just don't think that we're a good fit. Not that they're like not a good client, but they're sure, just sure, not sure. a good client for me. You know, so I love that. Yeah. Most times Is there any vibe. kind of red flags or anything like that? Like the red flag tweet where you're like, <laughs> to your point, like it, this isn't a judgment on on these clients or these prospective clients. Mm-hmm. It's just um, to your, like when you get to a certain place, like you're at the ability to choose who you partner with yeah. is really important because not only is it helpful to you, it's also helpful to a client cause you're going to do better work. And so yeah. again, this isn't a judgment, but just exactly. kind of poking the bear a little bit of a, <laughs> uh, gossipy. Is there any red flags where you're just like, Ooh, this one's not for me. Yeah. The biggest red flag I've seen, I guess there's two sides to the red flags. There's red flags from customers that are coming in that you don't already work with. And then there's red flags from people that you do work with. Ooh. Red flags from people I don't work with yet or like prospective clients are almost always if you are messaging me a lot, if it's just like, mm. hey, can I can I work with you? I have a need for this. Can you contact me? Like yada, yada, yada. Too much contacting makes me go, ooh. <laughs> Mostly uh. because... 
like I'll get to you. I promise I'm going to get to you. It's just, I have a billion and one things to do. And I have, I have a time block. I have a time block for answering messages back and we're not at that time block yet. Um, yeah, for, for people that I work with, sometimes it gets a little difficult when they start asking questions about things that I have already explained. Mm. And that, that tends to happen sometimes. So there's a little leeway there, but if I start hearing the same questions over and over to me, that's a value prop issue. Like I either didn't explain it well enough to begin with, which I try really hard not to do, (laughs) or you don't understand the value of what I'm providing, which is a red flag. We have, we have a communication issue. So yeah, those are great. Those are absolutely great ones. I, I, I think that's exactly spot on where, um, I found that, the exact same thing when I was in my freelancing career, where, um, if you start getting one to the former, when people are just pestering you, yeah, there's just that joke of like, you know, I'm going to give you a thousand dollars a month and I want you to sign this contract in blood. Yeah. And I want you to know it's that. Just, and then ugh. you get like the $10,000 a month client. They're like, Hey, payment sent. Let me know Hang when on. we can yep, meet. Yep. Yeah. You're just like, <laughs> so I think that is a really great point where there's, there's some really thirsty people that, um, and quite frankly, too, if you're a small shop, one badge client can scuttle the ship, man. Yeah. Like, like they the pay late. Thing. They yeah. bitch about everything. Mm-hmm. There are going to be bad reviews. Like it's yeah. just, just every over ass. They get yeah. out of scope so quickly. Like yeah. it, it's a lot. Every single bad client I've had, I wish I would have said no to. Like, yeah. Like well, and those, those bad clients, I think, are probably the majority. 80% of the reason people get burnt out is because they work with bad people. 100%. Cause you don't get really burnt out on things that you enjoy. Cause the, for the majority of us, like we are multifaceted humans. We have different hobbies that we bring into our lives. And so work is one of our hobbies for a lot of people in the e-com space. So I don't notice people getting burnt out if they're working with good projects and good clients. It's when you bring on someone that just kind of sucks you dry that you're uh, like, I don't want to do vampires. this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally with you. And, and I think that's actually really another great point is um, when you are working with a really vibrant, awesome person, it's almost like energy giving. Yeah. And it's like you're waking up and you're excited 100%. to do great work versus yes. like the there's that distinction between get to and have to. Mm-hmm. Like you want to yeah. you want to get away from the have tos as much yeah. as possible and then get into the get tos where it's like, man, yeah. I get to work with this client. I get to build this strategy. Out. I get yeah. like, the, the excitement's there. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think the biggest mistakes people make when hiring freelancers are, or like, what are, what are kind of some, some mistakes you've seen in the past? I would say some of the bigger mistakes that I've seen is people expecting a freelancer to be a one person entire marketing department. Yeah. And this has happened to me multiple, multiple times where just because I have experience in it doesn't necessarily mean I'm the best person for this job. And that's really interesting from a freelancer's perspective to say, I'm not good at everything. (laughs) I want to say I'm good at everything because it gets more clients into my books, but I'm, I'm just not like I I have over the course of 10, 15 years, I've figured out what I am good at. And now I'm to the point where I've been able to tell people like, I'm really sorry. That's just not in my wheelhouse. I don't know how to do that. Or I'm just, I'm skilled at it, but I'm not an expert. And I think we need to be very careful about hiring people because in a business sense, we don't hire a CEO who's also the janitor, you know, (laughs) that doesn't necessarily make sense. Now that doesn't mean the CEO shouldn't know how to do a janitor's job, but that's a whole nother topic of conversation. But freelancers, you know, they have their one specific thing that they are just so, so passionate about. Give them the creative freedom to do it because man, they'll do it extremely well. 
Yeah. Oh, I love that. Get that tattooed on me. That that's an, <laughs> another, well, I just, I dealt with it all the time. And, um, just because you can do it shouldn't mean you should offer it as a service. And yeah. I found myself yeah. that, um, because the other thing is a lot of people want it, don't want to pay for it. Exactly. <laughs> so you're like, okay, you want me to do, you want it's me to so basically be this mini CMO, <laughs> yeah. but you want to compensate me like, you know, a uh, yes. paid strategist. It's fine. Oh my but gosh, like, dude. I'm not going to do all this stuff. And then you're going to pay me like that. Like the compensation <laughs> and the responsibilities need to be yeah. aligned. And so I always found that it was like the, uh, I'd never tell like family members or any, not uh, immediate family, obviously, but like extended family that I'm really good at tech. Because you, you're always like, yep. if something breaks, you're the first phone call. You're Someone's like, going to call you. Like, I, did you turn it on and off again? You didn't mean like, it was just like, why don't, don't give me this stress, man. I, and so exactly. I, I had a, a friend of mine, he's, he's a brilliant nutrition guy. He's a PhD nutrition, blah, blah, blah. But everybody like nutrition is always like a kind of hot topic. He's mm -hmm. in the fitness space as well. And when he golfs, he actually, speaking of janitor, he tells people he's a janitor because if not, it ends up being yes. like a consulting gig yes. where he's like, dude, I'm just trying to effing golf here. And you guys are talking about <laughs> exactly. like, and, and there's a certain aspect of like, people pay me money for this and you're exactly. trying to get it out of me for free. free. Like, oh, it it yes. gets into some weird spaces. I can't so imagine. He, yeah. How bad it is for the medical field, but it's bad in marketing. I mean, if yes. I tell anybody I'm in marketing, they're like, Oh my gosh, I need to sit down and talk with you, which makes sense. They're just trying to build their business. But I'm like, I'm going to start telling people that, I am a mom. I'm a mom. Yeah. Uh, you can talk to me about diapers and nap time. Exactly. Uh, but oh, yeah, I, I experienced that as well, where there's a, a, mm -hmm. a, a lot it's of take heavy. and a very little give. Um, how do you find clients? What's your best acquisition strategy? Oddly enough, for a long, long time, about uh, seven, eight years, I had a really hard time. Like we talked about Feast of Famine. It was up yep. and down, up and down yep. all the time. Yep. until I did something that I hear other people saying you should do, but I never did, which is start putting your work out there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Shocker. When you start sharing, people start noticing. So yeah, I, yeah. for a long time, I didn't have a website, didn't have an Instagram, didn't have a Facebook. I was like, I don't know just why I can't find clients. <laughs> yeah. It's just, Oh, Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then oddly enough, it was just early last year. I was like, I'm just going to get on Twitter and see what's on there. It was the one platform I had never really, given any thought to because it wasn't a part of my clients roster of places to market. So I got on Twitter and I just started really, I, the first person I followed was Nick Shackleford. Like, let's be honest. Oh, so, shout out Shack Attack. He's, he, yeah. I love that bromance to the moon. I'm so excited. I need to meet him pretty soon. Cause he's fantastic. He's like the nicest guy. You can just tell. He really anyway. is. I, I'm going where I'm actually speaking at geek out in San Diego. Yes. It's, it's a fit. Oh. You should, you should go to one of the oh geek gosh. outs. He, he's, I want to go so it's bad. the best DTC conference. It's very oh good. My he's gosh. the best. I need, yeah, I need to get a ticket they're, one of these days. Cause people. great people. I, everything I see from him is just so nice. He's just so genuine, just a genuine human. 100%. And that 100%. man, there's a reason good marketers are usually genuine humans. Cause that Nick. Yeah. He's, he's a good guy. Um, but he, he was the first person that I followed on Twitter and I just noticed, just kind of kept track of like who was also commenting on his stuff. And so then I started following people like Cody with Jones Road. And then I'd follow, yeah. you know, more also people. Also a gem of a human. Yes. Oh my gosh. They're so nice. I'm like, stop it. You guys are so great. Um, but I just started following the roster of like the greats that were on there. And I could, I could just name like hundreds of them. But from there, I was like, I'm just going to start commenting. Like, I have nothing to say because I'm, I'm just, I'm doing lead gen. These guys are in e-com. Yeah. We're in totally different worlds, but I just started commenting every single day. I was just, if I had something to say, I said it. Beautiful. And then I started 
kind of sharing the stuff that I was already creating, specifically the creative part of it. So a lot of the stuff that I was doing last year was static related because UGC actually wasn't all that big last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, it just started getting big kind of towards like the end of the summer, black Friday into there. And then it just exploded. But what I was doing was mostly static. So I just posted one or two at a time and people started commenting. And then from there, it was really nice. I, I had a lot of people from kind of the guru crowd started to follow me and it just kind of snowballed, like just more and more and more and more. And it was super fun to watch, but also very terrifying because I had, I had never put myself out there ever. I had never shared anything that I had designed. Mostly because like as an early young freelancer, you're not sure what's allowed. Can I share yeah. this? Sure, sure. I, sure. Am I allowed to? Because it's technically owned yeah. by that company. Yeah. So this was a first for me, but man, it just exploded. Yeah. Oh, share love, what you got. I love that. Yeah, I love <laughs> that. And I, I, I'm similar vein where I, I'd always been kind of a little social butterfly, but I'd never actually gave Twitter kind of any kind of... Yeah. And then uh, I came knew? on like two years ago and it has been just, uh, that's how I got my job at Triple. That's <laughs> yeah. how I've met like all these incredible people. It's kind of the, what was the joke? Like Facebook was the people that you went to high school with and Twitter yeah. is the people you want to hang out with. And it's absolutely oh true. Gosh, like, I love that. There, there's, there's just so much, especially though. I think the problem and the way you approach it is perfect. And this is obviously a Twitter problem. But it is an active network. Like it's very yes. hard to be passive on there. Like you have to follow yeah. people, you have to comment, you have to like and feed the algorithm to curate mm-hmm. for you. But once you do, man, it'll just serve you up heat oh after heat gosh. after heat. It's Twitter it's incredible. The and then it, yeah, and then there's all sorts of different pockets too, which is great. There's finance yeah. Twitter, there's yeah. DTC Twitter, there's all these other like little pockets of success mm-hmm. that um and it's even crazier too when you find it's almost like when you find that incredible song on Spotify that has like a hundred listens, you'll find yeah. somebody drop like just an absolute banger of a thread, and you're like, you have fifty people following you. How? How? You know what I mean? Like, like there's so many nuggets on there. There's so many nuggets on there. Share more people. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic way to find more clients. That's phenomenal. Um, okay, let's see. Two more questions. Um, when you're kind of measuring your success for your business, is that just monetary? Is it kind of how it impacts your life? How, how do you think of like your business in terms of success? I'm kind of a strange person because it wasn't, it wasn't, it originally started about the money cause I needed to pay rent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So course. I was freelancing as fast and as hard as I could for 60, 70 hour work week, uh, for a long time. And then as soon as I got into my mid twenties, um, I'm lucky enough, my husband works in tech, so He was like, you just do whatever you want. If you want to be a stay at home mom, if you want to work, like you just decide what you want to do. So it became more about, okay, what do I actually want to participate in from Mm, a marketing standpoint? Cause I always knew that I loved marketing. I just can't get away from it. Every time I try a different job, I mean, I've been a librarian, a dog groomer, like all kinds of crazy things. Every time I tried something else, it just wasn't for me. I always came back to the marketing piece of it. So I'm lucky enough, very blessed. My husband is like, whatever you want to do, just feel fulfilled and kind of go live your dream. So it became about building something and and contributing to something bigger than myself. And to do that, I had to come to a place of like, you have to be okay with running in circles that are much bigger than you. Cause I live in like, you know, midtown Fort Collins. (laughs) I I drive (laughs) like, you know, a normal car. Like it just, I, I feel like I'm a normal person but I have to start getting comfortable with being known. And that's very difficult. I think for a lot of freelancers, uh, 
because you imposter syndrome is a real thing. Like we all get really nervous about like, "Ah, is this okay? Like, are people accepting me? We're super concerned about it. Very normal human behavior. But for, for me, that's what it's come down to. I want to contribute to something bigger than myself. And I also need to be comfortable with being known because I haven't been for a long, long time. So those two things are kind of the biggest on my roster. I, I don't really care whether or not I'm influential. I just kind of want, like, I want to be best friends with Nick. I want to be best friends with you. I want to be best friends with Cody. <laughs> just it. because, yeah, yeah. like, just in case you guys need something, like, oh, yeah. yeah, talk to Sarah. And that helps my business as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. I mean, it's, it's beautifully put. And the the faster you can unlink from the economics, I yeah. think, the better. Obviously, you know, you do what you need to do when you need to mm-hmm. do it. Um, but when you can decouple the economics from um, – kind of your goals. I think it's, it, it can get into some really interesting places yeah, for sure. hundred percent. Oh my gosh. You made it to the rapid fire. Sarah, <laughs> you know, I love you, but it's, it's game time. Are you okay, ready? ready? Okay. I hope so. Yes. Okay. The Dewey decimal system overrated, underrated. <gasps> oh my gosh. You're, you're a librarian. You, you, I didn't it even know you're a librarian. Oh, I, I used to be a librarian for a long time. Incredible. Actually, for like three, four years. Um, oh, incredible underrated man everybody should have some sort of dewey decimal system for everything in their house everything (laughs) like put a number on it and categorize it and stick it Uh, where it's supposed to go i can't tell you how many times i get frustrated looking in the library line and finding a number out of place it just like instant anxiety nails on the chalkboard underrated let's Mm -hmm. go dewey kids won't understand it but we we get it we get it um freelancing overrated underrated Oh, it depends on the person. I'm going to say overrated. Ooh, I love um, it. Unless you're a very specific type of person. I hope that doesn't okay. come across as bad, but yeah. No, no. I love I'm just witnessing <laughs> your world. These answers are sensational. Uh, Garden of the Gods, overrated or underrated? <gasps> oh my gosh, underrated. Have you ever been there? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I love, I'm a big outdoors guy. I love Colorado. Yes. I love, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all about the camping and getting out and yeah. Uh, hiking. And yeah, it's, a, it's really pretty. And if you're going to go you know, there, it's though. fairly accessible. It, oh, it is. Oh, it's like a super quick drive from Denver, at least from here. It's like yep. four hours. But if you're going to go there, point. you also have to go to the Cave of the Winds. Giant oh, I have cave. not done that. <gasps> go to the Cave of the Winds. Oh, man. Giant, giant cave. They take you in city, there. Robert. It's so deep that they have a section of it that they'll turn off the lights and show you what the dead silence and dark sounds like in there. If you don't like tight spaces and dark, don't go. (laughs) But it is like the most silent silence you'll ever hear. It's so deep. It's very deep. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I got to do this. There is actually, um, speaking of silence, there is a thermo, thermo, I can't remember what that, barometric, I can't remember the fancy word, but basically a really big thing underneath in Minnesota that, so uh, for people that don't know, your hearing is actually, um, it attenuates the sounds around you. And so if there's less sound, it gets more sensitive. And so I think people, the longest somebody's been in there is like three or four minutes because it's so quiet that you end up being able to like hear your blood flow and like your heartbeat and like all this kind of creepy stuff. There's just no way. I don't know. Cave of the wind. I need to do that. Okay. (laughs) It's on the list. It's on the list. Um, Working from home, overrated, underrated. Oh, underrated. Oh gosh. Everybody should work from home. Even with the kiddos. Even with the kids, because your home life is a part of your business life. Like what you feel at home, you're going to put into your business. So if you can spend more time cultivating what's here, it's going to leak into and increase the viability of what's out there. Underrated. 
Dropping heat, dropping heat. Uh, UGC, overrated or underrated? Oh, underrated. 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 This, this is, I mean, all of these are going to be underrated. UGC is one of the most powerful marketing forms I've ever come across. And I've had a lot of years of practicing and, and kind of delving into a ton of different things. UGC, though, is is amazing. <laughs> it's hard to explain, mostly because to the layman person, it looks so natural. It's just somebody on camera. Yeah. But there is no better way to help a human understand and realize for themselves what a product will do without seeing it on somebody else's face. So, yeah, use it. If you haven't tried it, use it. UGC is so, so big for sure. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, TikTok, overrated, underrated? Ah, I want to say overrated. Oh, we got it. Overrated out of you. We got it. It's hot. (laughs) Sarah Levin's your hot take. Overrated, I, huh? Okay. I think it's a little overrated because it's new. Every single platform that pops up, people are like, this is the platform. And you're like, well, that's what you said five years ago about Instagram, you know? So I'm going to say overrated for now. I do okay. think I'm a huge, just, I'm just a consumer of TikTok like a couple hours a day. So, but yeah, it, it's a good resource for anybody, a freelancer, especially if you want to learn how to make UGC, go to TikTok and see what the actual creators are doing, like what the people are doing, because that's that's where you learn. Go to where the source is. IG Reels, overrated, underrated. Ooh, these are underrated, actually. Ooh, um, okay. Everybody kind of moved to TikTok because it was so new and it's kind of the hip thing to do nowadays. But IG Reels, they, they've, they've done a pretty decent job about understanding where their place in line is, you know, they kind of stay in their own lane. And once you nail it on IG reels, you can see some insane results from that thing. So yeah, go to IG reels. I love it. Yeah. I I've found myself, uh, it definitely boosts my usage where, uh, yeah. you know, they slide yeah. them into the main feed and then you fall down kind of almost that TikTok rabbit hole, but on Instagram, yeah. like, Oh yeah, I'm still on Instagram. It's crazy, <laughs> but like you're watching Instagram. stuff. Yeah, they've yeah. done a decent job of that. It's awesome. Uh, favorite DTC brand? Oh my gosh! Oh, you put me on the spot. Right now, my favorite DTC brand is probably Magic Spoon. I've been posting a lot about this on Twitter right now, just because I'm a cereal buff. Any food? If you're a DTC oh, no. brand and you're looking for someone to do UGC for food, Reach I am your girl because <laughs> I love Sarah. food in in just ridiculous amounts. Um, and Magic Spoon is really interesting too because they, their product is just a really good product, but their yep. ads are like next level. Oh, yeah, they're so agree. fantastic. They're doing a great yeah. job over there. Their branding is sensational. I'm a, yeah. I'm, I'm a big Magic Spoon guy as well. Favorite thing to do in Colorado? Oh man, there's so many. Um, I'm I'm a hiking girl. I mean, you could go skiing. You could yeah do all kinds of different things. Snowboarding, you know snowshoeing we've yet to try which is sad because i've lived here for so long and i still haven't tried it Mm -hmm. hiking though there's really really good hiking here there's a lot of 14ers that you can climb up that are pretty pretty intense ones but there's some good ones for families as well so yeah all about the hiking man we're so close to mountains why not (laughs) love it for the for the people that don't know 14ers is a reference to the altitude um so you're gonna bag a 14,000 or higher peak big mountain man big one big big yeah yeah i love it (laughs) Uh, favorite way to take coffee? I don't drink coffee. You don't drink coffee? I oh, man, it killed my assistant. Coffee. She's throwing, she's <laughs> killing me. I, I have uh, her stock, uh, all of my uh, guests, and uh, unbelievable. That's unbelievable. So I do not drink coffee. Um, Tea? for summer, even, even decaf coffee gives me like the jitters. Mm-hmm. I don't know really? what it is. I'm like super sensitive to caffeine. 
Tea. I drink uh, green tea with usually like two tablespoons of soy milk and some stevia. Boom. Boom. There you go, people. You go. No coffee. Unbelievable, <laughs> Selena. Unbelievable. She's going to get a talking to. Uh, favorite meal and why? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm a big pasta person. Mm. So we actually make homemade pasta. We don't do like pop box pasta anymore because mm-hmm. it's so easy to once you know how to make it it's so easy to make so and my my four-year-old loves to make it because he gets his little press thing and like squish it all down in there so usually homemade pasta and meatballs is a go-to Ooh, i'm an italian yeah 100 solid. solid i love it uh favorite place to travel to and why <gasps> new zealand 100 if you have not been to new zealand go to new zealand you will feel like you're in the lord of the rings everywhere yeah. you go <laughs> Did we you like Auckland or more weeks. the South Island? We went the, the whole thing. We did North Island and South Island in two weeks, and it was rough. Like, you had to keep traveling fast. So yeah. we started at Tutukaka up at the top, which was some amazing snorkeling and scuba diving. If you guys like scuba diving, that's the place to go. Yeah. We went yeah, down through right. Auckland. Auckland has some amazing, like, vegan vegetarian restaurants. That okay. city is super vibrant. I Everybody yeah. in Auckland, I love you. Like, please invite mm-hmm. me back. Then we went down from there into... Gosh, I can't remember the name of the town, but they have those Zorb things. There's these giant inflatable balls oh, that you yeah, climb into, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they shove you down a hill. Oh, it was so expensive to do it, but it was so much fun. We did it twice, and I was like, can I buy one? Where do I get one of these? Oh, my gosh. It was so fun. And, yeah, then we ended up in Queenstown, and we got to go see uh, Milford Sound. And that yeah, that's supposed to be the move, life right? Life-changing. I mean, you can't. Yeah, the fjords and then yes. just Your yeah, eyes yeah. just go like, this is a postcard. It's not real. Um, yeah. New Zealand. That's amazing. Go yeah, if you I can. Have to go there. Small, small, tiny digression. Cause I don't want to derail your rapid fire, but, um, we have Zorbing out here in Texas. It's kind <gasps> of like out in the middle of there. Do you really? Um, and, yeah. Well, it's two. D- d- was it the double with you guys with yes. the Zorb or was it yeah, one yeah, person? Yeah. yeah. It was a double so one. It, oh my gosh. So it's, this is terrible that I'm making fun of this, but, uh, <laughs> it's just such a hilarious story. So there was a guy and the girl and we were sitting there. I actually went with my sister and for people who don't know or are just listening, like a Zorb is basically this huge inflatable ball and they basically yeah. strap you in looking at each other and you just <laughs> yes. kind of roll and roll and roll. They just this guy was there, head. his girlfriend or significant other, what have you, is just basically having a nervous breakdown. Like, no, 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 I don't oh. want to do it. Freaking out, blah, blah, blah. And then he finally <laughs> convinces her. He gets the, they get him put in there and then they have a gate, right? Because it's on yeah. down the hill and they have a gate. When they push the Zorb, somehow it catches a piece of the gate, deflates it, and in like three turns, oh they're just God. like smashing on top no. of each other. Was, I shouldn't be laughing. Girl. Nobody got hurt, hurt, but like it was like this girl was absolutely petrified. And then like the so worst thing stomach. that could have oh happened God. happened to her. Uh, anyways, it was I, every time girl. I hear of Zorbing, I, all I can think about is that we just could not stop laughing. It's, it's terrible, but girl. everybody was okay, but it was just. Uh, the irony She's of like, life. You promised it was gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too good. It's too good. That's okay, a few more questions and we'll wrap up. Uh, favorite way to spend your time? Reading, hundred percent. Reading every all day long. Yep. I I feel bad. I'm not a very like exciting person. People always ask, "What do you do for fun?" I read and read and read. Most of the time, yeah. it's a textbook. Uh, something about neuroscience, psychology, or behavior, consumerism. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. Those are I'm all my weird. jams as well. That's yeah. fantastic. Uh, two peas in the pod, you and I. Favorite <laughs> follow on Twitter? Favorite follow? Like favorite follower? Like no, no, favorite follow. The favorite person you follow on Twitter. Oh. Oh, gosh. Let me think, let me think, let me think. Honestly, gosh, there's so many that I follow. I really, I keep 
bringing up Cody's name, but I really like Cody from Jones road because he, he's not afraid to get like a little, like aggressive with things. Oh, he's, he's Jersey boy and East yes. coasters. I don't know if it's you know, East Coast people, too, but. You, I mean, he always comes back and he's like, I'm sorry if it came across weird. Like, I just thought that this is what you meant. Like he clarifies a lot. The guy's got great communication skills. He's the only one I see though. That's like, uh, you're wrong. And this is why, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. And it's people are trying so hard nowadays not to. I just don't want to like rock no. the boat. I don't want to shake things, especially for somebody who's very new in the space. But he's he's very polarizing, and I like that about him. He's yeah. he's super into what he does. Very smart man. So yeah, Cody, I really like yeah. I like what you're doing, Cody. Keep doing it. Shout out Cody P. And he has a fantastic <laughs> newsletter as well. We'll drop a link in there. Also, yeah. um, he's a he's a good he's dude. Fantastic. He's a, he's actually he's a friend, a triple friend of mine. Um, great guy. We actually have a uh, a podcast together. Uh, me him another and Ash. one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another Ash, one. Baby. I need to meet another Cody. Yeah. Uh, he's good. He's I'll, I'll intro to, uh, I'll DM you guys. We'll, I'll hook you up. He's he's a really good dude. Really. Yeah. Yeah, to that'd your be point, great. just like so affable and like, yeah, really good dude. Yeah. Does have a little bit of the Jersey boy in him where he'll come, <laughs> like he'll come across though. a little. No, I do too. I do too. But some <laughs> people can kind of um, have a little bit different barometer, but he he yeah. really is just the sweetest human. He's a really good dude. <laughs> um, okay. Last question. And then you'll make it through the rapid fire gauntlet. If you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, fictional or non-fictional, who would they be? So you're, you're at a four person table. You're sitting at the head. You can mm-hmm. invite three people to dinner. Who would they be? John Stewart. Oh, um, yes. Love oh, it. gosh. John Stewart, if I can just I want to sit and talk to you for like 10 minutes because yeah. you're just yeah, so yeah. cool. Um, John Oliver. Shocking. Two Johns. And oh my then, gosh, this is this the Daily Show alum here. Probably Barack Obama. I just want to see what his experience oh, yeah. was like. Yeah. yeah. Um, mostly because like, you know, there's a ton of different people two-term who used to be presidents, but like his yeah. was very unique, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, a president and two people from The Daily Show. <laughs> yeah, so. two-term president. <laughs> I love it. Sarah, you made it. I, I, I should have known. You, you Colorado girls are tough. Well, well, adopted Colorado girl, but from Bama. The South is also still tough. I knew you were going to make it through the rapid fire. You did amazing. Um, this time is yours. Tell people how to follow you. How can they get more involved? How can they work with you? Let us yeah. know. Right now, currently, I'm doing a ton and ton of research in behavior consumerism. So if you're like a DTC brand, if you're in the e-com industry, if you're working with anything that goes to consumers, I am your girl if you want to find out what your consumers are actually thinking from a psychological standpoint. And that goes deeper than just social proof or anything about authority. I'm going into things that are much more suited to finding out what drives your people from like an interior perspective. Are they into things that are... I don't know about their safety, things that are about finding love, things that are about feeling accepted. These are the type of things that I'm kind of drawing up in my research. A lot of stuff that I'm doing is related to creative and UGC specifically. So I am still focused on the e-com industry, but I like behavior consumerism. So if that interests you at all, I am over on Twitter all day long. Um, that's the one thing that I do teeny tiny little blocks all day long for (laughs) so that I can answer people's questions, but yeah, hit me up on Twitter, um, at Sarah Levenger. Um, yeah. And let's work together. I love it. Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time. This is just such a fun pod. And thank you. Cave of the winds. I got to, I I can't believe I've never even done that. It's incredible. I'm losing my, uh, outdoorsman badges here. (laughs) Um, well, folks, that's 26 in the books. Thank you so much for stopping in. If you do want to get more involved with Triple Whale, we are trytriplewhale.com. We are Triple Whale on the Bird app. And then we also have a sensational publication that goes out every Tuesday, Thursday called Whale Mail. Um, you can sign up right on our Twitter profile at Triple Whale. 
Uh, Sarah, again, thank you so much. Keep on keeping on. You're, you're one of my favorite followers right now, and you're just just really taking thank to you. Twitter, and it's been it's been really cool to see how you've blossomed on there, especially too. I didn't I didn't realize you were such a a, a young up and comer in terms of Twitter, so that that's fantastic. And mm-hmm. uh, if you guys want to work with her more, do it. She's a killer, and uh, we'll drop some links in there so you can get in touch with her or just uh, slide into them DMs on Twitter. Twenty six in the books, everybody. Thanks so much. Thanks again, Sarah. We'll see everyone thank on the you. flip.